Welcome to the Bearing Fruit Podcast, where we will be discussing the simplicity of Christianity. This is a production of Simply Free Church in Lanark, Illinois. Now here's your host, Pastor Glenn Scott. Good morning. Um, if you were here last week, as you can see, my cord's gone. So, shoo, got that taken care of. I can relax and kind of get back to being myself here now, so... Trying to do a little better each day. Um, one of the, you know, a couple things that I mentioned. Uh, last week, I actually wanted you to get some conviction. And this is the, really the only thing that will change us. And when we go through this test, if we realize the test is actually for us, we will try to get some correction in our life, whether it's through us or somebody else. But in the book of Acts, Peter gets up. The Holy Spirit had come on Pentecost and everybody had seen what was happening. And Peter got up and he started to speak. And when he started to speak, he was telling them that their sin had caused the death of Jesus. And they were listening and it says that it cut to the heart. That's what changes somebody. When you realize that your sin is bad enough that it cuts to the heart, then you'll change. These tests, he knows where we're at. So they're actually for you. One other thing I said last week, I think it was last week, that I, I was going to let these girls braid my beard. Now, I better clear this up a little bit. You see, emails and texts come flying pretty soon, right? We are a church that I think we have some fun. It's, it's different. And uh, we came to Lanark, what, five years ago, and, and uh, Weston and Laura actually gave us the opportunity to use the old school and this was something different to Lanark. And I wanted people to have fun and change their mindset. And if I can't let those girls braid my beard, I'm nobody. Right? So prepare yourself in the next couple weeks. I'm going to lose a few of you on this one. But the ones that I'll lose will be these people that have sat in a dry, dusty church all their life. And this is the way it's got to be, and this is how you got to dress, and this is the way the music should be, and how dare you raise your hands in church, and how dare somebody yell out in church. You know, these are all things that, um, you know, I'm old enough that I was raised this way. We're supposed to sit there and be quiet and wear our Sunday best and everything like that. And this is how it's always been, and this is the way we do it. And then somebody like us comes to a little town like this where what I think there's five churches right in the area here. And I'm not I'm not cutting them down. We all need a place where we can worship, right? But I wanted to to bring some some fun and excitement. And this could be this could be this should be exciting when you realize what Jesus has done for you. So anyway, what I want to talk to you about is this. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Okay, you got to think about this new thing. When Jesus came to town, he was going to bring something new, and they didn't like it. They didn't like it at all. This is what we've done, and this is how we've done it. And how could you come in here and say that these things aren't right, that we should be doing things different, and they didn't like it? And this happens to a lot of, of churches that try to do something different. Um, people start to get 
in their old rut. And I think we need to break this chain. We need to get away from this. This should be something fun. I think I said to Rob this morning, you know, if, if uh, he's a fireman, if he came running into a house that was on fire and saved me and came out, I would bow down to you. But yet Christ does the same thing. And we're just kind of like, yeah, okay, okay. So if you were a, a hero, or let's, let's even use like a rock star. You're a rock star. And uh, you're going to come to a church. And you walk out on stage, and everybody goes, right? Now, would I be the only person to look around and say, what is going on here? Right? Well, no. Now, i got to pick somebody. Um, I better not look at you. Yeah, I can use you, can't I? Uh, let's see. i got to think about your life. If somebody that was, uh, you know, the gravedigger truck guy walked up here, you'd be jumping up and down, you're a truck guy, right? And if you're a sports fan, if your favorite sports person walked up on stage, you'd go crazy, you know? And if uh, the Beatles came up here, I'm dating myself, right? <laughs> right? You'd be throwing stuff at them you shouldn't be throwing. Only the old people are going to understand that one. You see, we can have a little fun in church. It doesn't have to be this dry, dusty thing. And when Christ came, he was going to do something new. And you guys should all be new too. This even goes back to the Old Testament. Now, God's actually speaking here. Thus says the Lord. He's talking to Isaiah. And he says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness, the streams in the wasteland. You see, the wilderness was dry and dusty. You realize this was a desert, right? Wilderness back in those days was a desert. And the wastelands were something where no one could live or anything like that. And he's doing something new. God tells Isaiah, I'm doing something new. This would be different. And he's bringing life to dry and dusty places. Now, I'm going to use this dry and dusty place as some of the churches that we were raised in. Uh, don't mean to cut down any churches that you go to or anything, but uh, you got to admit, some of them are kind of... Uh, it, it always surprises me when I see kids running to church, because we didn't do that. We were like this, right? You're going, and you're not wearing those pants, and you got to do this, and you got to do this. Everything's got to be just right. Dry and dusty. And that is not how it is. There has to be this new mindset. Everything is new. You are a new creation. God's doing a new thing. we got to think new, not the way it's always been. And we have had church like this for so long. This goes back to when they met in synagogues. This is how they did it, and this is the rites and the rituals that they did and the ceremonies that they did. In fact, they even took the ones that God told them to do and ramped them up a little bit to see it was kind of a, uh, a self-righteousness thing. If, if he wants one, I'll give him two. I'm good. That's how church has always, always been. And we haven't done anything different. We need something new. And this, this new mindset that I'm trying to teach people is that when you even read the Scripture, you read the Scripture, you read the Old Testament as him being a mean old God. And he has this iron scepter. And he's just waiting for you to sin and he's going to pounce on you because you get what you deserve. If you read that same thing 
and had a different mindset that he was a loving father that loved his children. And this is what I'm trying to get my children to do, and they won't do it. And he, he disciplines them with tears running down his face. Any parent in here understand that? I don't want to do this. And I've given you hundreds of years. Now I'm speaking like God now. I've given you hundreds of years to change this, and you haven't, so I'm going to have to let you get a little close to the fire. You, sometimes you got to feel the heat a little bit. But he does it in this loving, caring manner. If you read this, thinking about him just weeping, he doesn't want to do it to us. You would see the love that he has. We're reading it all wrong. So what he does is he actually sends his son to earth, which is an exact replica, uh, same as God, <laughs> right? And now Jesus is all love and peace and everything, right? Then why don't you think God the Father's like that? I think we're we're We've got burned in our heads that this is what we have to do. This is how it has to be. Now, I fall into this trap a little bit because I had a cord hanging here that I couldn't stand it. That's not how we do things. We're not supposed to have that there, and it bothered me. Don't you think Jesus was God in the flesh? Sure you do. That means that God the Father is just like him. But yet, when you read that, you read it like he's some mean God that's just waiting to pounce on you. That can't be right. You got that mixed up. And it's, it's not like that. So what I want to do is tell you about this parable that actually tells us to do something different, something new. Put up on the screen uh, Matthew 9, 14 through 17. I know this is a lot, and that's probably some little, yeah, that's pretty little. But I want you to follow along here. Then the disciples of John came to him. Now, this had been John the Baptist. The people that were following him would have been disciples. Then the uh, disciples of John came to him saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Uh, let's just stop for a minute. You can just leave that up there. Um, fasting actually was a requirement once a year to fast during the Day of Atonement. Now, if you don't know what that is, that's um, Yom Kippur. And uh, what they would do is once a year, the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies and make this sacrifice for all of our sins and everything like that. So once a year, they were supposed to fast at the Day of Atonement. Jesus says to them, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put new wine in old wineskins, or else the wineskin breaks, the wine is spilled, and the wineskin is ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved." Now, I'm sure you just read that and don't think that has anything to do with what I'm talking about. But that's exactly what it's talking about, is doing something new. So what I want to do is kind of break this down for you. The, the fasting, um, they were required to fast, and the, uh, the disciples of John were fasting, and the Pharisees were fasting. And what they did was they were required to fast once, but then they decided that they would fast twice. 
See, whatever God says to do, we'll do better. This would be a form of self-righteousness, a, a form of works, um, a purpose or a, uh, a performance-driven God. If I do really, really well, then he will find favor on me. You understand that so far? Jesus was not fasting along with the Pharisees and John's disciples because they were now under a new covenant of grace and faith in Christ. And they didn't get it. Twice weekly, they fasted as traditions adopted by the legalistic Pharisees. Now they're doing twice a week instead of once a year. And Jesus comes along and says, you don't have to do that. I have a new covenant with you. But they couldn't get away from following the law and the rites and the rituals. And don't we do the same thing? We do what our parents did, and they did what their grandparents did, etc., etc., etc. And Jesus is actually telling them right here, you don't have to do that anymore. Matthew 5.17 says, Do not think that I have come to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. He had fulfilled the law. They didn't have to do it anymore, and they didn't understand. Okay, so now you understand the fasting thing, right? He's telling them, you don't need to do that. And the reason you don't have to do that is, is because the, the bridegroom is here. Understand that's Jesus, right? And at this wedding banquet, why would you fast while the bridegroom was here? Okay, so now I got to go back and tell you about fasting again. When they would fast, he actually says, woe to you hypocrites. Don't fast the way that the hypocrites fast. And they would, uh, I think it actually says somber and disformed faces while they fasted. They wanted everybody to know. So this would have been, you know, um, I, I should probably shouldn't sit down here and show you, but oh, I'm so tired. I'm so weak. I've been fasting so long. Whoa. And nothing was joyful. This was, they had to show everybody that they were fasting and they were doing the right thing. And what he's telling him here is, you don't need to be in that state while the bridegroom's here. When the bridegroom, I mean, we've all been to a wedding reception, right? I've seen yet some of them, so yes, say yes. I've been there too, and we've had a lot of fun. Now, that's what you do at a wedding reception, right? You're there to celebrate. You're there to have fun. And here's somebody sitting over in the corner saying, I'm so weak. I'm, I just, I haven't ate, and I haven't drank. And, you know, if that was your wedding, you'd say, dude, step outside, right? You're ruining the reception. But he's telling them that why would you mourn during a celebration when the bridegroom is here? Think about that. We have Jesus. And when we come together to celebrate, why is everybody just sitting there somber and the face disfigured because... This is what we do uh, when we're holy. Uh, now, this is what we do when we're thankful. Well, maybe. Uh, this is what we do when we hold somebody in high reverence. Okay. Um, I get all those things. But think about the bridegroom at a banquet and the celebration that would be going on. This is exactly what he's talking about. Then he goes into the um, 
he goes into the fabric. Why would you take a new piece of fabric and put it on an old piece of fabric to patch it? And now you got to understand, uh, I don't know this as well as some of you probably do, but the first time you wash something, it shrinks. I mean, when I get a new shirt, I tell Kelly, don't put that in the, right? It fit good at the store. Don't change that. But once that happens, it seems like it's over with. What he's talking about this parable is that you would take a new piece of fabric that's unshrunk, it means it hasn't been washed yet, and you would use it as a patch on something old to try to fix it. But as soon as you washed it, it would shrink, and then it would pull away the stitching. And it would ruin everything. Okay, same thing with the wine. Now, you got to understand this. Why would you put new wine in an old wineskin? Um, a new wineskin would have been a, a bladder that was very flexible. And new wine, when it's fermenting, and right at the end of its... Don't ask me how I know this. Um, it expands as it's fermenting, right? So you got new wine, and it's, it's pretty powerful. You know, I, you guys all want aged wine, but... <laughs> no, never mind. Um, if you take new wine and put it in an old wineskin, the old wineskin gets brittle and dried and cracked and stuff, and as soon as the new wine would start to expand, it would burst open, and the new wine would fall out on the ground. So you put new wine in a new wineskin that still has some elasticity to it, so that when it expands during the formation, what, what is that word? You see, I knew you would know. It has a place to expand. What he's telling them, really, think about this, is I have come. I am new. There's a new covenant. I am new. Why are you doing the old things? They don't fit together. It's exactly what he's telling them. And if you actually keep in context, he had just been uh, asked why he was eating with Matthew the tax collector and all of his sinner friends. The Pharisees could not understand this. This guy came back to earth or comes to earth to rule the world, to be king of kings, lord of lords, and he's hanging out with the sinners. And he says, the healthy don't need a doctor. And then it goes into this, the old and the new. Why are we still doing the same old thing when he's telling us this is all new? I am new. I have a new covenant with you. You don't need to do all those old things again. In fact, he's telling them, come on, let's celebrate. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with your old churches. And the people that are watching online right now are probably having a conniption fit because they can't handle something new. When Jesus called Andrew after he'd been baptized, he runs right to Peter and says, I have found the Messiah. Come on, let's go. He, he gets Matthew. Matthew drops everything and follows him. This, this would have upset everybody. And the Pharisees cannot understand why he's doing this. And when he tells them this parable, he's actually telling them, I'm picking these guys because they're teachable and they're somebody that can do something new because I'm doing a new thing. So this is why we do what we do. And if you keep in context, you'll understand that he's telling them, do not mix the new with the old. I'm new, the older the Pharisees, they can do whatever they want to do, but this is what I want you to do, and this is how I want you to act. That's why we do what we do. 
And this is why I'm going to let those girls braid my beard. <laughs> right? Think about some of your old churches. Now, I would have been fired. Uh, I read this thing not too long ago where they, they hired this pastor to come in because they needed to get something new. And he walks in, and there's, on the stage there's these two chairs, and he said, what's, what's up with these chairs? And they said, well, those are where our elders sit during service. And he's like, uh, we can't do that. And they said, uh, they always have been there. They're part of the church, you know, so, so-and-so's grandma and grandpa donated those, and that's where the elders will sit while you're preaching. Well, during the week, he had them removed, and he was fired the next weekend. See, they really didn't want to change. They wanted to hire the guy that would bring in something new, something exciting, get some growth going, and all else he did was want to take those chairs away, and they fired him. We are supposed to be new, and we should act new. And I love when people get excited for church. Church can be fun and exciting, and it's supposed to be. If you are a new creation, why are you doing the old things that you've always done? That's what I want you to do. I want you to not just leave this place, but whatever church you go to, pumped up with this thought that Jesus came to this earth, took the beating that I deserve, got nailed to a cross that I should have been on, and died for me. His blood was shed for my sin. And now he's alive. This should be the greatest thing you can think of. And if you stand there, no, I'm not saying that, oh boy. If you choose to stand there like this and say, thank you, it's okay. He's good with that too. But if I was Jesus... <laughs> I'd want to see these people running for me. Yeah, Jesus is here. Yay. Rock star. Are you doing that kind of stuff? Some of you are. And some of you won't ever come back here again because you don't think that's how it's supposed to be. That's the old garment. That's the old wineskin. And if you actually are going to put the new wine... In that old wineskin, it's going to break open, it's going to spill out, and it's going to be separated. Think about that. We were once separated from God, and what he did for us actually gave us the chance to come back together with him, to have a relationship with him. This should be the best thing that's ever happened to you. And I don't care how you worship, I don't care where you do it at, how you act. Well, yeah, I do care how you act while you're doing it. But whether it's a braided beard or no beard at all, we should be excited and we should have some fun. Everything should be different. When you accept Jesus Christ into your life, you are a new creation. Why don't you act new? When you understand what he did for you, why aren't you more excited about it? And yet we just stand there. Do you truly believe that? that he died for you, that his blood was shed for you. Because when you do, you will act different. And this is a celebration. Once you realize what's happened and what you deserve, and your heart breaks for what you did, you can leave it all behind and just shout to God. It is so good, and it's different. And it's going to be different from this day on, because I'm going to have a braided, well, maybe not next week. Maybe. The... <laughs> no hate mail, please. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you so much 
What you've done for us is so much beyond what we deserve. I can't even comprehend that the love that you have for us, that you would take your only son and let a bunch of thugs like us nail him to a cross. God, I believe that Jesus is exactly who he said he was, and I commit my life to trying my best to follow him, to, to do his ways and his deeds. God, I just want to let the world know. I just want to share it with everybody because I'm so different. From this day forward, Father, let us start acting like we believe that your Son is our Lord, our God, our Savior, and our Redeemer because that is exciting. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.